Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your... Oh, that's not right. No. Yeah, just... You know what? I stopped you ahead of time last time. I, I thought that you might have corrected it. Didn't happen. You know what? It's been a crap weekend. Let's just, you know, just continue to revel in it, I guess. <laughs> College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. If you want to let people know that you, you suffer needlessly... No, I'm just kidding. Am I? Whatever you're looking for, Mississippi State, they've got it at College Corner. They've got all the clothes, polos, t-shirts, uh, hats, everything with the with the great logos that you want, the state script, the interlocking, but also the stuff for your house, your car, your tailgate, whatever it is, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet, flowed by the half shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starville's flagship restaurant this weekend. Well, you, I don't. You can't go to dinner Saturday night. I'm sorry. It's just the, the the schedule doesn't allow for it. But you can get up early and grab Sunday brunch, or of course you can always just get there for lunch on Friday or do whatever you got to do Friday night dinner. I mean, you got options here. That's because Restaurant Tyler has the best meal in town for lunch, for dinner, and for Sunday brunch. So if you haven't already, make sure. You get over to Restaurant Tyler this football season for one of the best meals you'll have this year. 16 Priority One Bank locations in central Mississippi to serve you. Guys, we talk all the time on the show about eating about eating out locally and, and, and shopping locally, banking locally, banking within your community, just as important. You want to have those relationships built in so that when you're talking to somebody about a loan, you're talking to the people that you know. It's That's how you want to do business, right? You want to do business with people you know, not people you don't. So make a trip to Priority One Bank and find out what kind of relationship you can have with your local bank. There's 16 locations. Find the one nearest you at PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Uh, South Carolina on uh, Saturday night gets the win over Mississippi State. 37-30 to is the final score. Uh, a game that, you know, Saw Mississippi State offensively find some spark. Saw Will Rogers get back into the swing of things, but saw the running game uh, disappear for the second game in a row. But defensively is where this team is now going to have the issues and where they've got to get things fixed and fixed quickly. So it's just that simple. How are they going to do that? One man might have the answers. Let's go to him now. Tell him, Falk. Eh. Yeah. Well, eh. I don't really know what to think about this game, Brian. I mean, it's one of those games where you escape it and you're kind of like, 
you were encouraged by some things, but then you start thinking about the other things that were bad and you start, you know, getting a little more depressed. So I, I don't really know what to think about where things are with Mississippi State football right now. I think we had a bit of a revelation on Saturday with Mississippi State's offense. I thought what we saw from the offense was, quite frankly, pretty shocking that Will Rogers just came out and was just slinging it around the yard. And not not the air raid, you know, Will Rogers. This was chunking it deep and finding open receivers. We haven't seen this version of Will Rogers. And for that, I think you must be encouraged about the possibilities of this offense. We've talked about over and over this offense has these moments. They have these opportunities to be really, really good. They just haven't taken advantage of it. I thought they did a great job of that on Saturday night. Then you flip over to the defensive side of the ball and you continue to see the deterioration of Mississippi State's defense under Matt Brock and where they are right now is just not Mississippi State football. So right now, this just it's a team that doesn't really have an identity. The offense looked really good, but you know, they threw the ball for uh, over 400 yards, couldn't necessarily run the football well. Um, you know, LSU, they weren't good at anything. Arizona, they ran the football fairly well. Southeastern Louisiana, they were a little more balanced. We don't know what this offense is. And then defensively, they can't stop the run. Um, I know that they gave up like three yards rush or whatever, but the fact that South Carolina was able to move them around a little bit and have some of these, uh, you know, eight, ten-yard runs where they got hit the line of scrimmage and they kept running, that's discouraging for me that a Mississippi State team was not getting stops when they needed to there. And pass defense was an absolute disaster. So this game was just kind of, uh, you know, a continuation of Mississippi State trying to find its identity. Thought there were some good things from it, but you've really put yourself behind an eight ball now. And getting to six wins, seven wins, it's going to be a battle for Mississippi State. They're winnable games down the stretch, but I can't go into Arkansas and say right now that I feel great about Mississippi State winning that game. Um, feel a little bit better about Auburn after seeing them yesterday, but that's going to be a tough ball game. And then you look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, the, you, you feel good about the two non-conference games, and then everything else is up for grabs. So I do not know what this Mississippi State team looks like after Thanksgiving. I really don't. So um, some good things here, some positive things in this ball game. I don't leave the game thinking worse of Mississippi State because I thought they were going to lose this ball game and they performed better than I expected offensively. So I'm just continuing to search for um, finding out what Mississippi State is. That's kind of where I am. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think we, we got any – any clue is you know we talked a lot about identity last week. We talked about how you know Mississippi State lacking an identity. I don't think we found that out on Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. I still we don't know, really know what this team is because they still want to run the football, but they couldn't. And then defensively, I mean, defense has been the identity of Mississippi State for many years, not just you know the past few years. And it, it, they've taken a step, a huge step back to to twenty sixteen almost. And we're going to talk about that in, in just a moment here, but. At the same time, like you said at the beginning, there, there are some things you can take away. They were very positive from this game and to give you some hope going forward. Um, and, of course, for me, Robbie, what makes it interesting is that I thought State was going to lose this game 
back when I thought State was going to have a really great season. Um, so I, I don't really know. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but like I'm not really sure where I am for predictions for the rest of the season yet. I'm, I'm just not sure. So we'll, yeah. let's let's get into that. Let's 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 do that. Before we do that, let's move on to the uh, things that are true. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner, guys. Cooking out. Hey, if you're looking for something positive to do this football season, that doesn't hurt every time you turn on the television. By the way, we're recording this after the Saints game. I told Robbie, I was like, you know, if we had recorded this before the Saints game, it would have been a perfectly normal podcast. Nothing to it. Now, I'm just sitting here. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. So who knows what's about to happen in these next few minutes. But if I had a steak, I'd feel a lot better. I'll put it that way. So when you are looking to cook out, make sure you're putting some beef on the grill. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Me and Robbie need to make a trip back to Two Brothers pretty soon. It's been too long. We'll be doing that probably this week, if not sooner. What could be sooner than this week, though? We're not going to go back in time. So I guess it'll be this week. Uh, and we're going to enjoy great food, and we're going to enjoy a great time. And you can, too. And, of course, you know, if you're doing the late-night thing this weekend, which you will be if it's Saturday, but Friday as well, Two Brothers is a great place to come hang out, you know, with the young people. If you are the young people, good for you. You know, enjoy it. You got, you've got to cherish it. But if you're not, you just want to be like me and, you know, still be young at heart. Come out to Two Brothers and enjoy an evening out. But the main game there, of course, is the food. It's the best in town. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products, great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have been doing it for 48 years. That's a long time to be doing anything. But that's that's the point, right? That's how you know they, they, they've stayed in business because they've taken care of their customers. People trust them. People rely on Advantage Business Systems, and you can do that too. If you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you call them back. No 1-800 numbers, no call centers, no out-of-state technicians, just Mississippi people taking care of you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogues Collegiate Collection, that's where your next polo or pullover needs to come from. They have got an incredible selection there. They've got the logos that you've want. they got great name brands, and they have the service that comes from one of the South's top men's clothing stores, The Rogue. So if you haven't already, look at therogue.com and their collegiate collection and find the polo or quarter zip you need to be wearing to Davis Wade Stadium this fall. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. These are the things that are true. Some of you guys are probably out there, oh, he's probably got like 16 or 17. Nope. We're very condensed today. Big picture stuff. Nine things that are true, Robbie. Each of them is true. None of them are lies. So let's just get right into it. Number one, this is the most important one. There is no reason for the defense to be this soft. Like, I can live with guys getting burned in coverage because they're not fast enough, right? I can live with Jet Johnson getting, you know, guys getting around him on the edge because he's just not fast enough. I can live with that. I can't live with soft. And this defense is soft. They can you can push Mississippi State around defensively. The the front seven, for all of its experience, is not having the kind of success it should be having. Uh defensively, they just they they don't they lack an identity. They can't cover, they don't bring pressure. You can run on them, you can throw on them. 
I, I don't know where the problems are defensively. I don't know, you know, I, I say that back. I know where they are. I don't know how to fix them. But I do know that this this team defensively is soft. Soft is the word I would use. I don't really know where that comes from either. Yeah. I mean, you have a a defense that's virtually all been here for the last two, three, some five, six years. Uh, I know there's a couple of new faces out there, but for the most part, these are players that have been here. And uh, last night felt a lot like that Kentucky game last year in some regard. Kentucky was a lot more dominant on the ground in that game. But I remember thinking in that game, State should not be getting pushed around like this. Mm -hmm. And, again, you look back at the stats last night, and they don't really, to me, tell the story running the football because – in the grand scheme, South Carolina rushed for three yards a carry. And that, that doesn't look very impressive. They ran it 47 times for 144 yards, but they gained 179 mm-hmm. in the game. Um, so, you know, a little bit different from what they, from, you know, what the numbers suggest. But it was just the sheer fact that they were getting those extra yards after contact, pushing forward, making a, uh, a gain of one yard turned into a gain of six and seven yards. And Mississippi State shouldn't be, you know, giving that up. At, at some point, State has got to figure out and go all in on one particular part of their defensive game. Mm-hmm. They've got to be a, a team that stops the run, or they got to be a team that sells out to, to stop big plays in the passing game. Yeah. So figure out what that is, because right now being a team that's getting pushed around a little bit up front, mm-hmm. and you know again I think Zach Arnett even mentioned it. You know they 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 stopped him in the run for good, it, but this is the worst rushing offense in the entire league. Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't have their offensive line struggled. Their running backs have been bad. They shouldn't have had a guy rush for eighty eight yards. Uh, they shouldn't have had Spencer Rattler take off and and have the runs he had. And then you had. Uh, Xavier Leggett, the only guy that you really needed to make sure didn't get big chunk plays, mm-hmm. got big chunk plays. That's mm-hmm. two weeks in a row. That's two weeks in a row. You had Malik Neighbors, 13 catches, well over 200 yards. Xavier Leggett, they don't have um, one of the best receivers in the league, is out in Juice Wells. You have to focus on Xavier Leggett and Trey Knox. And both of those guys combined – uh, nine catches for over, I think, 250 yards. So that that's unacceptable. That's a game plan. That's a coaching problem. That's not having your guys in position to make plays. And a lot of one-on-ones, things like that, State's got to be better on defense. Yeah. I mean, and it's got to be quick. They got to I mean, they got to start turning it around almost immediately. This Alabama game, that's just going to be kind of is what it is. But then after that, you know, you have winnable games that you can win. The way you played offense Saturday night, you can win games like that. You can win every game on the schedule, except for Alabama, probably. Playing offense like that, if you're just average defensively the rest of the way. So, well, and then you look at last night. There, there's a lot of people that were pointing to mistakes that Mississippi State had offensively. You missed an opportunity inside the red zone to score points because you threw an interception. You had the fumble from Will Rogers, and both of those plays were, you know, debatable from the rules standpoint uh, in a lot of ways. But 
regardless of that, I can't blame the offense for last night. You shouldn't have to score 38 points on the road in the SEC to win a game. That if you're if you've given up 37 points on the road in the SEC, you're going to lose a lot of games. That's just the the facts. Yeah. So to me, the defense let the team down in this ball game, and the offense did everything that it could. Thirty points on the road should win you games. Yeah, I agree. My number two, Will Rogers can tell us all that he tuned out the noise, that he doesn't pay attention, that he's that he you know if it's not in the locker room, he's not worried about it. He heard every word everybody said. Every word. And give him credit. Turned it on us. Used it for motivation. Did what he had to do and played a great game. Did he make some mistakes? Yes. But again, and I feel like for some reason, Will Rod- maybe it's just because I focus on Mississippi State, but I feel like people expect Rodgers to be perfect. Like yeah. every quarterback makes makes mistakes. Misses throws, underthrows. You know, it, the interception was bad. The interception's a bad. bad play. But quarterbacks have bad plays in games. You know, yesterday, Jaden Daniels had bad plays. K.J. Jefferson, uh, uh, Jackson Dart, all these guys had bad plays in their games. Will Rogers is the reason State was in the game at all. He did everything for Mississippi State last night. He consistently found receivers down the field. He showed off the arm. The deep ball is not a concern for Will Rogers. He played great. And he he gets that credit today for me. Yeah, he deserves it. And this, yeah, you talk about, you know, he's says he doesn't listen to noise. He absolutely does. It's it's impossible to block that out. It's exactly. impossible. Exactly. He heard people talking about Mike Wright. He heard the chants in the student section. He was asked about those. And this is this is kind of like a point that I was making last week about getting Mike Wright involved or having that competition. It could very well bring out the best in Will Rogers. And whether, you know, that flipped a switch or not, I don't know 100%, but I feel like it probably did. He knows that people are, are discounting him. He knows that people want Mike Wright in the ball game, and he came out last night and said, you know what, I'm going to let it fly, and that's what he did. This was arguably his best game in Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because he went out there and played freely. Um, it wasn't just the numbers. The numbers were a career high, I think, 487. Uh, that um, was a career high for him, yes. So it wasn't just the numbers to me that made this his best game. It was the fact that he was not playing timid back there. He was letting it fly. And to me, he's actually played better in, for the most part in his career on the road in a lot of these road games. Mm-hmm. You look at some of his best games he's had, Auburn, a and um, You know, the Ole Miss game last year, notwithstanding, I thought the Ole Miss game his freshman year was really good on the road. He has had a lot of good road games, Arkansas in 2021. He's been, uh, to me, it looks like he's not he's not putting as much pressure on himself when he's on the road. I don't know. but And this game came out immediately, throwing it down the field. Mm-hmm. He threw probably five, six passes, 20-plus yards down the field. A lot of uh, passes were right on the money. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was – I commend him. He doesn't um, – this week he doesn't deserve any kind of – hate or anything like that for people because he came out and did his part 30 for 48 487 a touchdown um i I thought he was great yeah he's fantastic uh number three i was amazed how effective play action passing was when state couldn't run the football at all like that 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 was really something to watch like 
South Carolina continually biting on play action, despite the fact that State could not run. I, I just found it interesting. I was like, how are these passes continuing? You think at some point South Carolina would be like, yeah, they're not running it. We we got to get back. We got to stay back. But State kept finding their safeties. And I give Rodgers a lot of credit. And he did a good job on the fakes. And he found the open receivers. I thought he – it goes back to what we were just talking about. But State had a good offensive game plan last night, and they were able to execute it. I'm very interested to see what Barbe says tomorrow, or today, I guess, if you're listening on Monday, about being up in the booth. Because I don't, I don't know if you were at the, 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 the preseason – availability when we talked to him and somebody asked him about being on the, the the field versus the booth, but he gave a pretty impassioned answer about why he likes to be on the field. Yeah. And then he's in the booth and that state has its best game. So I wonder if that's going to be permanent, if there was a reason for that, but maybe, you know, I, I, I think I like to think I know football sometimes, Robbie, but for me, for the life of me, I was like, I cannot understand how these play action passes continue to work when state has 20 yards rushing tonight. I like having the OC upstairs. I I, I do. You can too. see the whole field. It's tough to I, like. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time on the field. You can't see plays develop like we do when we're in the press box. Yeah. Like on the field, it's it's tough to see where the safeties are. Kind of like how plays look. It's it, to me for an offensive coordinator to kind of survey the defense, see what what they're running and things like that. It's a lot easier for that. Defensive coordinator, I'm I'm on board with being on the field, mm-hmm. but for an offensive coordinator, I kind of like that. And it just looked like the game was had a much better flow to it offensively. And I, th- I thought that he called a great game. I, some people were tweeting at me that the players just completely ignored Barbe and just played their own game, which I think is idiotic. I, I think he, he has people he will has, say literally anything to get what they believe across. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we criticize Barbe. He's the problem on everything. But this week, when they're good, he had nothing to do with anything. Right, right. Really? I mean, come yeah. on. No, I, I think that he saw the field much better from the booth. I'm I'm very interested in that, too, and what went into that. I want to hear what yeah. Arnett and Barbe have to say about that. Yeah. Number four, State has to stay in four wide. They, they, they just can't play tight ends. I... I I, I I see now why Kirby Smart let Ryland Gody walk away. You know, you think about Georgia last year and how much too tight end they used with Bowers and Darnell Washington, and then Darnell goes and okay, you've got Gody there, he can just step right in. No, it's good, you can go, you can go. He can't play. Like I, he's he's not a good football player. They're just I, I hate to say that, but the the the, the film is going to back me up on it. State needs to well, stay four wide and and just figure it out there. Malik Ellis can at least come in and do some blocking for you, but yeah. but beyond that, State's getting nothing from the tight. It's going to be a couple of years, and the and the loss of Spivey is just massive right now. Yeah, well, it, it depends on what they do. If they get a guy in the portal, yeah, that can help you right away. And good it's news. obvious to me. Good news for that guy, he's going to start. State yeah. can fill any tight end in the portal. You will start if you come here. Yeah, I mean, to me right now, the the big loss was Dracoria Spivey because mm-hmm. it's obvious how important they they believe the tight end is because if you watch, I mean, it was it was play after play, just like a miss assignment, miss block, and it, it's not like you know it's uh 
you know, you're throwing you're throwing the ball to the tight end. They're just missing blocks mm-hmm. completely. And it's taking away a possible touchdown, you know, a, a, a explosive play and turning into a negative play. And that is just a liability if you're not able to do your job as a tight end in this offense because it's a very big part of what they do. So you have to work around that. You're, you're exactly right. We need to see more four wide sets, which I thought at times we did last night. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with Antonio Harmon too getting a little more. Yeah, he's fine out there. I think especially well, you can, as, you can uh, put him in four wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're just going to really struggle blocking with your tight end, mm-hmm. you might as well take that option off the, the field. field, throw the ball more. The other thing about having four wide is you get two slots on the field. So you can put Tulu, Xavion, Creed, you can get them out there more. And, and I uh, think Creed played a lot more last night. He did. So he, I think- he had a couple catches out there, or at least one. And I mean, and then, but your big three were the guys last night. Tulu was obviously huge, but Justin Robinson had a big night, and Xavion had some big catches too. So those are your three guys, and then you sort of work around them. Uh, yeah, they, they got to figure out that, that deal there. I mean, it's just, um, and and also, you know, the it might be time to figure out, you know, maybe a four down lineman too. Well, let's if you just if, if you, you you just you just can't you just can't help yourself. Let me get my I things that are true done. I didn't go through with it. I just just saying it's it's on the list. Number. Well, why don't you send me your things that are true list, and I can. D- here's I can, what, I, uh, here's what I want from you, Falk. When I say the thing that is true, just say, "Yeah, Brian, you're absolutely right," and I'll move on to the next one. What what do you think this is? Some kind of dictatorship? You don't tell me what to do. I'm just saying. Uh, where am I? Number five. This is one. I, I think it's this is one. I'll be honest. I think it's true. I don't know that it's true, but I think Arnett needs to take back over on defense. I I, I just don't. I don't feel like Matt Brock has the right feel for things over there. And I don't know if if that's something that he can he can get there by the end of the season. I don't know if that's an overreaction on my part. It's sort of like we're just talking about with like with Barbe, like oh he's obviously not calling the plays. Like, do, is it really different if Arnett is back calling the defenses? I don't know if the answer is is yes or no. But again, I feel like you got to shuffle something up, and it's not you can't really shuffle the players that much because you've only got so many out there. I think one thing that's hurt state a lot in this is. Remember last year when we were like, gosh, they're not rotating a lot of guys here. And now you see you've got all these young linebackers, Sledge, Gilmore, uh, Khalid Moore. None of them play. Yeah. So you're just sort of always out there with Buki and Jet and Deshaun Page. John Lewis isn't getting a lot of playing time, or, and he should be getting more because at least he gives you some speed. I don't know what they got to do to shuffle things up on defense, but I would start with telling Arnett, or getting Arnett back in charge of it. Yeah, I mean, what what are you going to lose there? Yeah, I mean, he from what I can tell, he's signaling in plays anyway, mm-hmm. so he's very aware of what's going on defensively mm-hmm. each play. What's the difference in him just making the call himself? You know, if that is the issue, now I mean, that I'll say this: they looked incredibly slow last night. Yeah, I mean, you, the wide receivers are running away from DBs. And it was kind of like that against LSU, too. I mean, the defense just looked slow. They couldn't get to mm-hmm. uh, Spencer Rattler when they were trying to chase him down, taking bad angles. Mm-hmm. It was just, to me, just kind of a little bit of everything. They 
didn't look like they were in position most of the time, and that's kind of been a common theme so far. They're not getting to the quarterback unless the quarterback's holding on to the ball too long because I, I do think they, they got a, a, a few sacks. I know that uh, – yeah, they had four sacks. Nathan Pickering had a couple. But it's just – it just looks like right now that whole unit's out of whack. And it's so weird because I, I thought Matt Brock looked really good or his defense did in the uh, in the bowl game. And you're talking about a guy that's been in this defense now for four years, so it's not anything that's foreign to him. And you have all these returning players on the defensive side of the ball. Mississippi State shouldn't be this bad on defense, but they no, are. They shouldn't. they shouldn't. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's time to shuffle some things around. Number six, Robbie just alluded to it. I would, the first thing I would do is go back to the 4-2-5, or go to the 4-2-5, I should say. Because I I agree with what you're saying about you got to find a way. Either you're going to be a team that stops the run or stops the pass or get some pressure, something. Four two five is the way to go. You got to put an extra big body out there on the field to make to make up for the lack of speed. I think you got to go a little bigger if that makes sense. Like if you're gonna be like, hey, we're slow. Well, then at least we're gonna have some size and we're gonna clog up the running lanes. Yeah, I mean they just they don't have the personnel right now to run this three three five effectively. I don't think. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe they don't have the personnel to run a four two. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean they're just, they're kind of at a conundrum right now with their defensive line. But I mean, they don't have anybody that's setting the edge. I think that's a huge problem. The Sam uh, linebacker spot is just not producing. No, uh, no matter who comes in, and they're having trouble getting pressure on the edge from a defensive end as well. Deontay Anderson, I think, has shown some nice flashes, mm-hmm. but there's nobody that can kind of set the edge. And that's – in a three-three-five. I mean, we've seen State run a, a three-man front before defensively, and they they usually have, you know, that, that dude that can mm-hmm. pressure the quarterback. And right now they just don't have it. Yeah. So, to me, like, you know, see what, see what you can do with four men up front. Yeah, see I what agree. happens there. But, I, I mean – that might be tough. I mean, you're talking about, you know, this is what this this crew has run basically all of their careers for all these guys. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out who how I would run it. Do I go, I guess, pr- Crumity and Pickering inside and then DeMonte I mean, Russell, De- and, De- Russell and, Deontay and Deontay Anderson, Anderson outside? Yeah. I mean, I'll probably – I mean, you could probably put – maybe Deontay Anderson, you put him on the, on the weak side and yeah. – and DeMonte Russell on the strong side, you'd have some really good defensive tackles. I know that. I mean, yeah, you'd be strong in the middle at that point. So, I, I, And I, then you got two – I mean, your two linebackers are kind of built to stop the run, Binky yes. and Jet. I mean, yeah. you're, not getting to the, you're not getting to the edges anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, what would it hurt Might to – Might blow up the middle. Yeah. Just blow up the middle and stop teams from running the ball. That's what I'm thinking, but, you yeah, know, we'll see. Uh, number seven – very rarely is a thing that a true that is true a prediction. Normally, I'm just telling you how things are, but I'm telling you how things are going. This is the ghost of of, of football future. When I tell you that Jalen Milrow and Jermaine Burton will share SEC Offensive Player of the Week honors next week, I'm almost fully expected. Fully that later, expected that later today, Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett will uh, share those honors a week <laughs> after Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors did. 
Uh, and then going forward, I think KJ Jefferson and I don't know who his receivers are off the top of my head have a great chance. Uh, looking forward, Devin Leary and Barryon Brown probably going to have a chance to to do that. Uh, Connor Wiegman and uh, and Evan Stewart going to have a great chance to do that. And then Jackson Dart and uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, 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 Harris, Trey Harris, have an outstanding chance. It is ins- it's insane. That state is just, and I think that leads into thing that is true. Number eight, two weeks in a row, you have let the guy who can't be allowed to beat you to beat you. I, I don't. Again, I'm not a coach. I don't pretend to be one. I understand that there are things that are above my head in the world of football. I understand, but at the same time, it feels like to me like you can just you can just say you're our best cornerback. That's their best receiver. Just go where he goes. You're on him every play. I don't care where he lines up, you line up on him. And I would rather lose that way than do the other things that State's doing. And and then they need to figure out, like, I mean, I don't there, I don't know if there's anybody on this defensive secondary that you can trust nah. to win one-on-one battles right now. Yeah. So you're going to have to have some safety help on guys and just run – zone in the back end or something because it's just not working this this man-to-man coverage is not working mm-hmm. it did it could last year when you had a guy that could completely right. shut down the other side of the field you don't have that guy this year yeah you know the cameron richardson got beat again last night to call us nicholson got beat the safeties were in one-on-one a couple of times they got beat it just there, there's nobody that you feel great about going out there and being able to win a one-on-one ball right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it truly is unbelievable. If you look at what Jaden Daniels and Spencer Rattler have done the last two weeks, mm-hmm. Rattler was 18 of 20. and it, I think he was uh, maybe like 16 of 16 it or was, something. Yeah, yeah man, that was the first, yeah. I mean, and not, not all the balls were dump-off passes and things like that. I mean, they just could not force an incompletion. The the only two incompletions were catchable balls. Yeah. The lat- QB- so that's, that's two weeks in a row that State's just been, you know, really dominated by the opposing quarterback. Yeah. The efficiency is through the roof. Jaden Daniels the la- and, and Spencer Rattler combined 48 of 54, 649 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that that's insane. Those are insane. Again, and I said this about Daniels last week. It would be difficult to go 18 for 20 in a skeleton drill with with just no pressure and just throwing. It's difficult to, to against throw against air against air to just you know get it on the money that many times. That that's it, that's really really poor by Mississippi State defensively. Number nine might surprise you. I'm just going to stick with my prediction for right now at eight and four until State loses a game that I predict them to win. I'm just going to stick with this. I had State losing this game. Now, had State played worse than I thought they would have at this point? Yeah. But Auburn, Arkansas, A&M, Ole Miss, Kentucky, none of them impressed me. Yeah. On the right night, anybody can beat anybody. So I'm just going to stick with it. Now, I think they'll lose to Alabama. I think they'll beat Western Michigan. They'll be 3-3 three and three going into the bye. Then they'll play Arkansas, and we'll see what this team really is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I don't know if they can get to eight <laughs> – but the more you look at the SEC, it's just not great. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, 
you could see them. I can look at this SEC schedule and say, is there a, a, a team worse than South Carolina on Mississippi State's schedule? I mean, there's there's not there's not that many quarterbacks better than Spencer Rattler, but the team as a whole, I mean, with their defense being as bad as it is, yeah, struggling to run the football, you know, Auburn. They're going to play mostly Auburn's up there. Yeah. yeah, Auburn's up there. But there's you can lose every one of those games. Mm-hmm. You could win every one of those games. Good. So that's that's, that's the know. crazy thing. It's just if State was any better defensively, if if I felt like at, at any given time they could get a stop. If I felt confident, like the team, I think I I think I could see them getting a stop right here. Mm-hmm. Then I would I would be perfectly capable of saying I think they can get to eight wins. Yeah. I just don't think the defense is very good, and that's a big problem. That is a big problem. There's no question about that. But it's going to be state's going to win games when on defense when they can get turnovers. Yeah, yeah, and and they ha- they can force turnovers. They forced a couple last night, and they they you know they uh they forced five against Arizona. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let the string play out though, and I'm gonna let this Arkansas game happen in three weeks before I really dive into an idea of changing my my preseason prediction. They're not as good as I thought they were. There's no question about that. But neither but the SEC is worse. The SEC is worse. Thought. So yeah. All right. It's important to get your predictions correct. You want to have you want to have that kind of legitimacy. But let's talk about something else that's important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right, Coffee is for Closers is brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. I, I was meaning to do this the other day because I was there. Uh, but it'd be kind of did I or did I already do it? Did I already say New Albany? Did I say it last week? No, but I think we've done it before. I know we have. I know, but I was, I went to New Albany. Through Albany, New Albany's a nice little town. They got some good stuff there. Their, their downtown is nice. People there are very friendly. If it weren't for the fact that the worst person on earth, Ben Garrett, lives there, uh, it'd be it'd be it'd be perfect. Little Rock's a fine town. <laughs> That's how I felt. But like, like I, when, I, when we were doing the, the 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 remote, I was like, "This is a nice little city. I I, I could live here." So it's quaint. Nice. It's it's yeah. They got good. They got a bakery there, buddy. Oof, they would. I I I make me. It would make me struggle to keep my uh, my diet. I tell you that. There's some nice little towns in Mississippi. There are. Like that, I, there's there's some that there's trail some they have is cool too. Have you seen that the Tanglefoot Trail? I've heard about it. So it's it's a walkable. Tr- you could walk it if you want. It's forty three miles. I wouldn't suggest walking that. But basically, you can walk all the way to Houston from uh, yeah from New Albany. I want to say they're trying to they're trying to do that with the old railroad. Yeah, you can walk to in, what? The, in this area. Yeah, yeah. Which would um, be cool and ride a bike, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, the bike you could easily do. So yeah, uh, coffee is for closers. Anyway, strength for coffee. You know, you know the drill. Uh, for state, it's got to be Matt Brock for me. This defense is just not good. They're, they're, they, they don't they don't play well. They don't play together. They play soft. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop the run. I got to take that's it's his, that's his defense. And last week, if Barbe had to go with no no coffee, this week it's got to be Brock. Yeah, it's time to share the wealth. Yeah, or you know the the disgust as it were. Well, and he said the other day, you know they need to start taking this 
this stuff personally. They need to, everybody needs to do their job or whatever. They've got to be better than this. I mean, this is, that, that's the one thing that you've been able to say about Mississippi State through the years is they might lose the game, but teams are leaving that ball game hurting a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're going to pop you. Even against teams like Alabama and LSU, I mean, State is going to leave a mark on the field defensively. And right now this team is just chasing people, and they, they've got to get it fixed. I don't know if it's something you can fix this year or not, but they've got to fix it. Uh, in the SEC, <laughs> normally I pick a team here, but, you know, I felt like Ole Miss played okay, right? They didn't play good enough to win, but they they were okay. So it's no coffee for Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin gets paid $9 million a year to be a Twitter troll. Yeah. That, that's what they're paying him for. They're certainly not paying him to win winnable football games. Ole Miss now 2-6 and six in their last eight against Power 5 teams. Those wins are over a loser Texas A&M team and what I am quite positive will be a perfectly mid-Georgia Tech team this year. Um, they could have won on Saturday. They, they, they were good enough to go over to Tuscaloosa and win, but Lane Kiffin doesn't win games like that. His record against the top 25 would make Dan Mullen blush. It's so bad. I saw an Ole Miss fan touting that they've won like five top 15 games against who? Who? With the under Kiffin? Yeah. Who? Uh, who have they beaten that's top 15? Was Kentucky that last year? They Are they are they carrying Kentucky that? Kentucky was. I guess they're going to carry that six and six Kentucky team to a top 15. I mean, I guess. But even if. Yeah, they. He he's in his career. I think he's like two and twenty five or something against the top twenty five. He's zero and five against Nick Saban. Yeah, and yeah, and, and like and his, his, his and his side of the ball was not good. Every the year it's was the not same good thing with him today. too. It's he pokes the bear, he makes his little quips, and then after the game, he's like the guy in the hot dog suit. Like we're trying to figure out who did this. You did it, Lane. And during the week, everybody says, "I love Lane Kiffin. This is so awesome. Yeah. Look how look how genius he is." What did he do yesterday that disrupted the apple cart for Nick Saban? The whole, like, these three players are doubtful, but they all come out on the first play of the game yeah. anyway. Like, do you think that actually did anything in the ball game? And then, you know, going to, like, the day before the game, you're going to start trolling uh, John Sokoloff and stuff. It's just childish. It's childish. Oh, stuff. by the way, just, as I tweeted, uh, Kiffin now 0-2 when he tweets at our friend John. That's right. So. This is stuff I, I saw Ole Miss people yesterday were were tired of it. And they did the same thing after the Egg Bowl last year. When he loses games is when this conversation starts coming back up again. He makes people forget that all this all this stuff that he does actually happens mm-hmm. until he loses the game. When he's putting up, you know, five hundred and fifty yards of offense against Georgia Tech or whoever mm-hmm. and scoring forty plus points, everybody thinks it's great. Yeah. And then Everybody, this happens, and then you realize, oh, we have a child for a head coach. All of these national media types that talk about Kiffin, they love Twitter Kiffin. Yes. Go talk to Kiffin for real. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, well, you know it's okay. It, and, uh, you know. Also, wh- somebody put out a missing persons report on Quinshawn Judkins. Where is that guy? Where's the guy well, that was so good last year? They can't run block. They're, they're struggling to open up holes for him. And um, and also, I mean, he's just – he was ran ragged last year. 
I mean, look at how often they used him. Yeah. But you're what you're saying about like like Twitter Kiffin. Mm-hmm. He's also got another guy that runs his account that's you on that tell. staff. That's he'll sit behind that account with some smarky, snarky remarks yeah. and stuff. So I mean, the, the the Twitter stuff is is going to get old for Ole Miss fans if they continue to lose. And they Again, they got LSU this week. So nine million dollars a year. You got to start winning. Nine million dollars a year means you have to win some of these games. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to be three and three when State's three and three. I think they'll both go to the bye week three and three. I think they'll lose to LSU. And I think they'll lose to Arkansas. Gonna be interesting that Arkansas. By the game. way, I, mean, I thought Arkansas, Arkansas was. I very saw from Arkansas the two. I, I I'm very excited because I can feel another crazy Ole Miss Arkansas game coming on. Yes, it's happening. I can feel it. Uh, nationally, no coffee for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Shut out by Penn State. I have never seen a college football program like this where nepotism is just absolutely killing them. Like, the guy just won't fire his son, who clearly can't coach offense, so they're just not going to be any good. But what's crazy about Iowa is they continue to stay fairly competitive overall, like on the season. Like, it's a good – they're still a good team at the end of the day. Their defense is really good. If If you gave I mean, they went. They won eight Iowa's games defense. last year. You gave State Iowa's defense; they'd be three and one right now, and be in great shape. It's really insane. That's that's how good they are on the defensive side of the ball. That I mean, that was their first loss yesterday. But mm-hmm. yeah, their their offense is just absolutely disgusting. They're going to get. They're going to have to fire that guy because he's not going to get to three hundred and twenty-five points, which is just the silliest thing, by the way. The whole he's got to score this number of points to. to if they go, you're telling me if they go undefeated. Somehow, but they only average seventeen points a game. You're still going to fire the guy. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. So, so is that that's a that's like in his contract? It's in the contract. Yeah, they got to average so many points per game, or they're going to fire him. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah, it's three hundred <laughs> points total to to get to that goal. So it's oh, that, is, that is excellent. Yeah, it's fun. All right. That's all for today. Tomorrow's show, we'll recap whatever Zach Arnett has to say at his Monday press conference. We'll do our SEC picks. Did we we didn't differ on anything this, this past week, so another of me with a two-game lead there. By the way, I I have been absolutely disastrous on yeah. picks against the spread this year. Yeah. We've been doing that on the site. Oh, my yeah. gosh, it's been terrible. Yeah, yeah, my gambling advice has not been good. So Oof. I also lost out on my bet with Richard, but you know what? I don't care. Still get to go eat a steak. So, yeah, I was gonna mess I, with him. I would. Never I was gonna mess with him. That. I could. So he's, you know, he's like, oh, we'll go out and you know, get a steak, blah blah. If I had one, I was gonna make him like, let's go eat pizza and wings. I was gonna make him go to a pizza place. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe not even a good one. Like, let's just go to Pizza Hut, get the buffet, and just just, yeah, to just make him do that. But get his hands greasy. Yeah. Oh well. Maybe next time. All right, guys, have a great Monday. You Robbie Nevin back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. The Rock says, The Rock says, The Rock says, The Rock says, The Rock says,
Talk Mississippi Media Production.